Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. And today we're going to talk about IU Athletics with IU Vice President and Athletic Director Fred Glass. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. And you can join a live chat at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. So, Fred, welcome. Bob, thanks for having me. I appreciate being invited back. Always glad to have you back, Mary Catherine. Yeah, hi, Bob. We often have several guests, but when we have Fred, we just need one. That's right. (laughs) All right, so timing is everything. Fred, you've been uh, in the newspaper, uh, our paper today, the Indianapolis Star yesterday, about um, the new diving coach that you're very excited about, Drew Johansson. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But the stories talked about his uh, degree from, I think it's pronounced Rockville or Rockville University, which Mm -hmm. is... Not spoken of quite very highly in the academic uh, world. It's sort of spoken of as a place where you can buy a degree, and that's the end of it. So it sort of created a little bit of a uh, kerfuffle, I I guess would be a... (laughs) That's a good word for it. Anytime you can work the word word kerfuffle into the show, it's a good show. Um, Because, you know, you you had advertised for someone with a bachelor's degree, and and that Rockville is not an accredited university, but you went ahead and hired him anyway. So explain why you did that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about that. We're really excited about uh, Drew, and I really do think it starts with his amazing credentials. Uh, he's the uh, 2012 um, uh, Olympic head uh, diving coach, was the ACC coach of the year, I think, five or six times, had multiple divers that won Olympic gold medals, and he's uh, um, one of the most highly respected uh, diving coaches uh, in the country. Fairly young, fairly young person, which is exciting too. Given that I think we've had two diving coaches in the last sixty years or something, so we like to mm-hmm. uh, uh, buy and hold our diving coaches uh, here, if you will. Um, during our due diligence, we did discover that Rockville University is an unaccredited degree; that it's a uh, an online degree that isn't recognized by Indiana University or a lot of other universities uh, around. So we concluded not to give him any credit for that. Did that with our eyes wide open pre-hiring. This certainly isn't a George O'Leary situation where we sort of got found out that we hired somebody who misrepresented his credentials. I, In my view, he didn't misrepresent his credentials. He said he had a degree from Rockville University. He does have a degree from Rockville University. The, the fact of the matter is, though, that that doesn't really slice any cheese with us, and we um, chose not to uh, not to recognize it. Um, but given his other attributes, uh, we chose to affirmatively waive the requirement that was in the posting that we uh, required a, a bachelor's um, degree, and we did that with the full uh, uh, council endorsement of the University Human Relations uh, staff. And, and when you look at – and I, it's speculative, I suppose, but my guess is it would be a much different assessment if he was a guy with a couple years' experience. I mean, this is a person with a, a real resume and a real body of work to essentially, uh, if not directly, indirectly give credit for and take the place of, if you will, a, uh, a, a valid um, undergraduate degree. So um, he was the unanimous recommendation of a, of a search committee. We take these job uh, head coach job hirings very seriously. It included two members of the faculty, including our faculty athletics representative, who's really the designated person in intercollegiate athletics at every institution to sort of speak for the faculty. He was fully advised of the situation and endorsed uh, how we approached it. Um, so, it, in my view, it wasn't a case of, uh, of an academic misrepresentation. It wasn't a case of us not doing our appropriate due diligence. I think the the, the uh, reasonable debate really comes down to whether a head diving coach needs to have a bachelor's degree at an institution of higher education. I think reasonable people can disagree about that, but my view is – that uh, he's so outstanding and such a demonstrated uh, uh, expert in what we want him to do that we shouldn't uh, uh, require the uh, college degree. And I guess I'd hold up as an example if uh, if uh, Bill Gates wanted to come and be an adjunct professor at the Kelly School, would we turn him away because he doesn't have an undergraduate degree? Or, or if Steven Spielberg wanted to come and teach at the J School or the telecommunications, we'd turn him away because he doesn't have a degree. And, and, I, and I think – 
your newspaper uh, uh, welcomed with great aplomb Robbie Benson on the front page above the fold. And I don't think he has a college degree, and he's actually going to be teaching and so forth. So um, I don't mean to belittle not having a college degree. I think it's very, very important. It's you know it's part of our it's part of our priorities for our kids to earn graduate uh, or to earn college degrees. But I think in this in this limited situation under these facts, the absolute right thing to do is to hire this uh, person who has a tr- proven track record and will do great things for us. I have I guess two follow ups to that. Mm-hmm. And one um, is about his six years at Duke, and you know Duke is a, is recognized as a pretty darn good university. So did that. Did that sort of figure into your your decision making that he'd already worked at a a fairly high level university for six years and and I assume his student athletes uh, were good in the classroom as well. Okay. It is true that um, um, at Duke the uh, the swimming and diving team had a I think they have a perfect APR and a really good track record academically and and when you talk to him and I think Kurt Zorn was quoted as saying this uh, in, in in the article. In the HT, that um, he, 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 both by his track record and, and what he says, he's very committed to uh, academics. Um, I, I, I appreciate the lifeline on that, but I'm not sure. You know, six years at Duke really mattered if it was at uh, you know some other some other school that that isn't uh, as an academic par as IU is with Duke. I'm not sure that would have mattered a whole lot, but but it but it did. Um, I suppose uh, underscore that he could. Uh, uh, be successful with the academic demands at an at, a, at an institution that is similar to IU's. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the other question is: Have you uh, have you had a chance to talk to him? Would you feel free telling me his explanation to what he had to do to get the degree and why he chose to to go there to get a degree? I did talk to him about it um, um, because once we determined that it was unaccredited. And, that, and in my view, we should give no credit for it. I thought it was only uh, appropriate and professional to address that with him and basically put in the uh, terms of, here's what I understand. Is there something you can tell me that should give me a different view of, of this school? And his, re- his reaction was he, he finished his third year at Arizona State. He'd actually been somewhere else, transferred to Arizona State, dove there, um, and then uh, had an opportunity to take a diving job, sort of in retrospect regrets not finishing his degree, but he was eager to get on with his um, uh, career. And so he didn't finish at Arizona State and and uh, described this as uh, an online uh, course of study that he took to, to get his degree. But he didn't challenge uh, my view that um, it was unaccredited and, and actually – um, embraced our approach that we're just going to talk about Arizona State. We're going to treat Rockville as a non-event because, in my view, it, it is a non-event. Okay. All right. Our phone numbers are 855-0811 in Bloomington, 877-285-9348. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. We have Fred Glass in the studio with us. I have a really dumb question, but um, <laughs> there are no people dumb who listen to Mary sh- Catherine, well, you know God love you, Fred. Uh, people who listen to the show a lot know that I'm I'm not a big sports person, but I am curious about one thing. Do you have any estimate on how many pair of striped pants were sold during the 2012-2013 school year? Yeah, whatever, whatever the number, whatever the number was, it wasn't enough because um, they were hard to get, oh, and yeah. they were hard to get around Christmas, and they were hard to get all around. So. I'm afraid uh, we uh, – I use the royal we. We have a, a private vendor who who, uh, who makes those judgments on how many to order, but we could have probably sold twice as many as we did. But it was a, it was a great, great sale for us and uh, um, just helps underscore the power of, of Indiana University men's basketball. How many pair do you have? I have a single pair. A single yeah. pair. Mm-hmm. And you have that red and white striped sport coat that I think we had a picture of you in the paper uh, wearing. So. Yeah. That- Is that custom? Um, it actually is, and, and, and it sort of reminded me of uh, the, the movie Vacation when uh, Clark admires Cousin Eddie's white shoes, and then, and then he gets them. I admired somebody's red and white jacket, next thing I knew I had one. But, uh-huh. but I've had a lot of fun with it and like wearing it around. Right. I heard very positive reviews for the new uh, gift shop at the Assembly Hall, and uh, so that seems Good. to be. Yeah, we're really excited about it. One of the first things I thought when I got here was, why is our uh, – why is our uh, bookstore down the basement of Assembly Hall, and you've got to have a compass and a 
night vision goggles and breadcrumbs to find the thing. And so we pulled it upstairs, and it's it's, it's ironically it's not that much bigger, but it feels a lot bigger because mm-hmm. there's windows and it's upstairs, and and it's been extremely well received. And and getting both the ticket office and the uh, bookstore, if you will, um, the the varsity uh, shop up out of the basement and co-located has been real popular with our with our supporters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, hard, it was always hard to go down and find an extra ticket if you wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It didn't seem right. Okay, so uh, a couple of other uh, sports that have sort of come on to the scene this spring. One is baseball in particular, softball and baseball because of the new stadiums, mm-hmm. but baseball is the one that's having success on the field as well. Um, how has the the, the addition of the baseball and softball complex sort of affected um, those programs. Well, I think I think they'll uh, most dramatically pro, uh, impact it over time. You know, kids being kids, you can tell them all you want that the stadium's coming, but until they can see it, I don't think it has a lot of impact on your recruiting and so forth. Um, I'd like to say that, that that it's had some impact on the baseball team because the baseball team's been doing so well. As your listeners may or may not know, baseball was the first varsity sport at Indiana University. They've been playing baseball at Indiana literally since the Civil War ended. And um, this year is the first year in all that time that we've been nationally ranked in baseball. I think we're currently 13th, and you know we've got over 30 wins and had the nation's longest winning streak for a while at 18 games and are essentially tied in the Big Ten. I think we're a percentage point or two behind uh, Minnesota or somebody. So so the, the baseball success has been extraordinary, and I think that's really tied to uh, Tracy Smith and what a fantastic coach and recruiter and developer of talent he is. But I think the uh, stadium will give them a lot more wind at the back on that and, and uh, keep us in the forefront of, of baseball in the Big Ten as well as nationally. I think the stadia beyond um, – Helping those individual programs, and and I should mention, softball's been completely snake bit by injuries. Mm-hmm. I think seven of their um, starting players have been hurt for prolonged periods of time, with weird stuff like our 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 our, our Jacob School of Music singing shortstop had an emergency appendectomy when we were at Illinois. I mean, it's just crazy. So Michelle Gardner's a great coach, and, and she's going to get softball where we want it to be. I always tell our recruits that we are the southernmost campus in the Big Ten. We are the Miami Beach of the Big Ten. Right? <laughs> so we should be good in outdoor sports like um, baseball, summer outdoor sports like softball and baseball. But I think the stadia beyond the programs are really going to help um, uh, further integrate us with the community. And that's one of our four main priorities, to be integrated with the university and the broader Bloomington community. And when I go to those games, yeah, there's there's staff and uh, faculty and students, but there's lots of families. It feels a little bit like a minor league ballpark. It brings the community in. It's high profile. It creates iconic uh, architecture as you come into the athletic campus as well as the campus generally. I think they're the first buildings built pursuant to the master plan. And both Tracy Smith and I really wanted to just re- revamp uh, Sembauer and keep it there, but it was really the president's vision, President Grabe's vision, to get it out there on the bypass. And I think that's proven very visionary because of the, the profile that provides those buildings and the way it helps us uh, integrate more with the broader university community. Can we talk about that just a little bit more? Okay, so people who live in the area, um, they can access the baseball schedule online, I assume. What what kind of experience are they going to have? Is there a picnic area? Um, is there parking? How how easy is it for people um, who aren't affiliated with the university and don't have an A right, hang tag? Right. Well, thanks, Mary Kath, for asking that. Our, our students go free. And then the, uh, the the general public, I think, is five bucks a ticket. So it's a very affordable um, event. There's concession stands. They can buy stuff there. There's all the Cracker Jack and popcorn and hot chocolate, you know, when it's chilly. Um, very modern bathroom facilities. It's very stroller-friendly. There's a lot of uh, places to – and there are a lot of strollers there at the games. We do have picnic areas. People can uh, bring a bring a blanket and bring a, a cooler, uh, sands, uh, alcoholic beverages. Um, and uh, um, and and it's I think a, a great uh, family, affordable family, family friendly uh, event. It's twenty seven hundred seats, and and we've been we've been sold out several games this year. That's great. What a nice opportunity for local families who don't want to take that drive up to Indianapolis necessarily, but would like to go out and take the kids to see a ball game. Yeah, I think so. It's it's a very similar experience to Victory Field mm-hmm. with the uh, nooks and crannies and and uh, picnic areas and that sort of thing. I can add a couple fan perspective things. I'm, I'm a baseball fan who never went to Simbauer. I'm not sure if I can claim to be a baseball fan <laughs> if I never went there. 
but I've been to this stadium a few times, and and what Fred says is absolutely true. They also sell Ingus popcorn. I'll tell you that. Wow, local oh, local yeah. popcorn, right. in a little bag. Um, but you see a lot of kids, a lot of little little kids in their uniforms and whatnot, sitting behind the dugout and just just really having a good time. That's and about an 11 on the cute meter. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very cute. Uh, they always cheer for the, the guy that comes out, when the bat boy that comes out. If there's a ball rolling around, he always slides in. He's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. then runs back. So it, it, it is, uh, it's an experience. And, and I know this week, Fred would probably mention it, but this week's the last home series. Um, so there are games tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Exactly right. We play Northwestern, and uh, the the Big Ten title hangs in the balance. So it should be really good baseball, a lot of a lot at stake, and and a lot of fun. And and uh, I should mention the the softball experience is really terrific too for your listeners that haven't seen it. It's such a quick game and a very fun game. And Mary Catherine, to your point, seeing all those little girls because we really encourage teams to come out, and you know we'll have a whole team be the. Uh, uh, the official uh, ball kids of the game, and they stand on the field, and the way they look up to those softball players is really pretty terrific. And those girls are tough. If you've never seen girls who are at that level play softball, it is quite a sight to see. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of power, a lot of talent, a lot of skill involved. Mm-hmm. They are. They're 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 terrific, and they're they're great students, and they're very accessible. You, you come to the game, and you know your kid's gonna your kid's gonna meet the players and get an autograph and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a great community asset, I think. Right? What kind of training do you give your all and not just softball players, but all of your student athletes? Because they do have to play so many different roles. You know, obviously they're students and they're athletes, but they become because of their athletic role, they become kind of celebrities at the same time, and handling that is really its own skill set. What kind of um, help do you give them negotiating what might be kind of new territory for them? Yeah. Well, I, I, I must acknowledge that we're very fortunate because these kids come to us, and they're great kids. I mean, they're, they've, they've been elite athletes. They've, they've been touring uh, college campuses sometimes since they were freshmen, uh, sophomores, you know, interacting with adults there. So I, I can't take or we can't take uh, credit for all of their development because they come to us as great kids. Um, but we are very mindful in how we try to uh, develop the kids with that. And I'll, I'll, I'll spare a super long answer, but but our concept of the Excellence Academy where we integrate leadership, life skills, academics, and performance in a very deliberate way to try to inculcate uh, our values uh, into the student-athletes so when they leave – um, they uh, personify the values that we that we hold dear, playing by the rules, living up to your potential academically, living up to your potential athletically, winning championships, being integrated with the university. And my favorite part is being part of something bigger than yourself. Um, and the kids, I think, really embrace that. And, and we, we, we have sort of uh, theoretical big uh, conversations about that and then little conversations like that, like uh, how do you work your way around a uh, – a reception, um, interacting with people, looking people in the eye, shaking their hands, re- re- restating their name. How do you work your way around a uh, an interview, lunch, or a business dinner? And um, so, we'd like to think that um, we we fairly deliberately take pretty awesome raw material, if you will, when they get here and develop that so we can really feel proud when they walk around with Indiana University stamped on their forehead. Thanks. My mm-hmm. guess is that there are more people who have pictures of Victor Oladipo standing with them than uh, <laughs> any other student on campus because he seemed to be a real ambassador yeah. for, for the university. So. Yeah, he, he, he really uh, is, a, is, is a model um, for what we really want with, the, with, uh, with our student-athletes because he would, you'd see him at softball games, volleyball games. When, we, when our women's basketball team beat Purdue, he was the first kid rushing the court. <laughs> um, and, of course, every little kid wants to get their picture taken with him, and he stands there and, and does it all. And, um, yeah, he's 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 uh, he's uh, maybe our highest profile, but thankfully fairly typical of the way our kids, I think, interact with uh, the community. Mm-hmm. Again, our phone number eight five five zero eight one one or eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. We're talking about uh, college athletics and more specifically Indiana University athletics with uh, athletic director Fred Glass. Um, talking about Victor Oladipo and Cody Zeller, I mean, from your perspective, you know, um, you know they both left the university. Uh, Victor didn't really leave early because he has his degree, but he had one more year of eligibility and Cody Zeller left early. Um, 
the the idea that that kids who are really high quality athletes often in basketball in particular can't make it through four years of college before they they go out and find a job. Um, how's that? sort of scenario play out for a guy like you, for the athletic director, when you're, I'm sure you want the kids to come here for a four-year experience, but often, sometimes, they don't. No, that's exactly right. And I'm I, I'm a fan first, in a way. And so just like fans all around the state and around the country, you know, I wanted both Victor and, and uh, Cody to stay, um, A, because um, um, they're just fantastic players and represents the school and all that. And then also, you know, I think there's not many among us who wouldn't like to be back in college. You know, I mean, it's, it's such a precious time, you know, and, and it's, in, in the scheme of your life, you realize what a short window it is, but it, it dominates so many parts of your life. And, you know, so it's such a great time. So I sort of hate to see kids um, cut that short because it's precious and, you, you you know, you can never really get it back. Although I'm sort of trying by coming back here and being the athletic director. Um, um, but having said all that. And just talking about these two kids, in, in, in this sport, when your whole uh, ambition has been to get into the NBA and you're told by a you know disinterested panel of experts that you'll be in the first round and maybe even the top ten of the first round, that's just a tough thing to turn down. And, and I, I just don't blame him for that. Okay. And I don't think they're cavalier about it. Like you said, Victor has his degree. And there's probably not a more um, grounded, well-advised person, let alone basketball player in the country, than Cody Zeller with a brother in the league, two brothers who were you know, premier college uh, basketball players, a mom and dad who are uh, probably the most balanced, grounded people I've ever met ever. Um, so if, if a guy and, – and a kid who obviously loved college and had a lot of fun with it. So if he balances everything and makes that choice – then I think you can have a fair degree of confidence that for that family and that that young man is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But you see a lot of places, uh, and I don't want you to. Well, maybe I do. No, um, <laughs> you know there are some schools where they're they're recruiting these kids that are really high quality athletes, maybe not such high quality students, or I don't really know because they stay for one year and then they're gone. That's sort mm-hmm. of the expectation. Um, that's not the kind of program that we're aiming toward here. No, exactly right. And, and um, you know, uh, we won't mention names, but the University of Kentucky makes no <laughs> bones about the fact that they're creating a new model of college basketball. And their model includes rotating kids in and out on a very frequent basis. And because they do that, they don't want to play other tough teams on the road in the non-conference season, which I think is what's driving them not being willing to come here to Bloomington to play because their coaches, as much said, Hey, I've got young kids that are figuring it out, and I don't want to blow their psyche by having to play there in the fifth game. Essentially, that's what he said. I'm paraphrasing. Um, that's what you heard. That's what I. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I think that I think yeah. that's pretty much what yeah. pretty much what he's saying. Yeah. And then we're we're going to play in big uh, arena, uh, big uh, stadiums. Get ready for the tournament. We're going to play in neutral sites and all that. And that's that's fine. I mean, they can do that, but I'm not going to get sucked into that. And and uh, and facilitate that by um, you know um, not uh, not having our our uh, marquee uh, non conference games at least occasionally in uh, in in Bloomington and so Tom has very much chosen a different model of you know, we will have we're going to have the kind of quality kids that we're going to we're going to lose some after three years two years maybe sometime one year but we're not building the program around that um, and I think particularly from where from whence we came. It's very important to build a program around, um, you know, longevity, consistency, four-year guys. Um, we 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 help push them through the academic process so they have options. But you know, Derek Elston and uh, Jordy Hulls are leaving with master's degrees in four years. So um, I think those are good outcomes. Mm-hmm. All right, we have to take a break now. So uh, you're listening to Noon Edition. We're talking with Fred Glass about Indiana University athletics and college athletics in general. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net. 
You can take WFIU with you by downloading our podcasts directly to your PC, Mac, or MP3 player. Programs such as Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, and short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews are all available on demand. Pick them up at WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? The WFIU News Team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Catch the Friday feature just after 8.30 during Morning Edition, just before Noon Edition, and at 5.45 during All Things Considered. They're also archived on our website, WFIU.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. We're talking about uh, IU athletics and big-time college sports with IU Vice President and Athletic Director Fred Glass. If you want to join the conversation, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. Uh, we, wanna, uh, we were talking about basketball before the break. I want to mention uh, you had a new women's basketball coach, Kurt Miller, who finished his first year. Give an evaluation of his first year on the staff. Well, I think uh, Kurt's a fabulous addition to our staff. We like to consider our staff faculty and and uh, and uh, as our faculty, and and he's a great uh, uh, colleague there. Uh, very highly regarded coach. I, I don't remember all the statistics, but he was Mac Coach of the Year multiple times, like eight times or something. Won the regular season title and or the tournament title like ten out of twelve years or something like that. Um, so, so great credentials. We felt uh, very fortunate to be able to recruit him here. Um, the the, uh, the the cupboard was a little uh, bare in terms of depth of uh, of talent on the team. Yet, Kurt uh, won. Kurt's team won more games by I think it was December eighteenth than had been won the entire previous season. So they they had some success. Um, but but mostly, I think the people that came to the games just saw a um, an Indiana style of basketball. The, the girls, the young ladies, knew what they were trying to do and weren't always able to get there. But it was an, a very uh, organized, well structured, well thought out approach. And his uh, recruiting class coming in is ranked third in the Big Ten. He has some uh, very high profile uh, prospective student athletes in the queue. He's a, a proven recruiter and. Um, I think kind of the sky's the limit with our women's basketball program. We should we should be good in women's basketball at Indiana. We traditionally have not been, um, and I think Kurt is going to be the difference maker in that. Mm-hmm. All right, That's we, exciting. We have a phone call. It's uh, Phil from Bloomington. Phil? Um, first of all, I'd like to congratulate the AD for getting Bart Kaufman and Andy Moore Fields built. I know that uh, the baseball field was on the master plan for some time um, prior to it getting construction, and, and Kudos for getting that done. I wondered if there had been any consideration to trying lure perhaps a single A team to utilize the field and perhaps sharing some expenses of the field throughout the summer months. And um, I'll take my answer off the air. Okay, Phil. Thanks. Well, Phil, thanks for the uh, thanks for the uh, uh, kind words. And they, the, those facilities had been queued up for quite a while. In fact, our coaches had been lured here with the promise of of those uh, stadia and, and uh, they hadn't gotten done yet and, and we're very proud that we were able to deliver on those and get those here and so I appreciate those kind words and that's a great question because we, we've been approached by a variety of uh, professional and semi-professional uh, teams to um, come in there and um, what, what, what we've really concluded is that the, um, the uh, limitations on the availability to what we want to do for our program would not would would, would outweigh any kind of financial benefit or or, uh, or or other or other benefits of having a team like that um, in there because we do want to we do want to have um, community events in there we want to have uh, developmental events in there that might help us identify and be involved appropriately in uh, identifying um, prospective student athletes and so forth so I think it's unlikely. That will uh, partner with a with like a minor league franchise. Will there be a baseball camp this summer? I'm sure there will. And I, Tracy will kill me for not having the details at the tip of my tongue. But but um, I do believe he has a, a camp. And tr- for those of you who haven't interacted with Tracy Smith, he is 
the best. And he's right out of central casting as a baseball manager, too. So I would be confident that uh, kids would have a fabulous experience with his camp. Yeah. yeah. He, now, I remember last time you were here, I think we talked about this, and, and Tracy, I believe, had turned down a job opportunity to go to Ohio State, which has always been considered one of the best schools in the in the Big Ten, even though they're not the southernmost. They may right. be one of the, right. maybe the most successful. <laughs> maybe Atlanta, not yeah. quite Miami. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And part of that, I, I believe, I recall you saying part of that was based on this, this promise that we're going to get that stadium and it's going to be there, so... Yeah, there's no doubt. That's, that was actually, a, <clears throat> I think, in some ways, a, a turning point, certainly for our baseball program, but maybe for the entire department, because it was fairly early in my tenure. The Ohio State coach left. Um, Tracy has Ohio roots. His wife, Jamie's from Ohio. <clears throat> Ohio has a fabulous a stadium right in the city. Um, they host the uh, Big Ten tournament every year, um, and they were offering substantially more money than, than, than Tracy made or that we that we offered. And um, I think a lot of people thought, well, he's gone. And one of the things I said to Tracy was, look, I can make this adjustment on your salary. I can't meet what Ohio State does. I'm going to give you this whether you go to Ohio State or don't go to Ohio State. It's not contingent. And I just encouraged him to think about, you know, the uh, the, 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 uh, the, the the penumbras of, uh, of being involved at Indiana University in terms of access, involvement frankly, by the athletic director and others and kind of the close-knit approach that we have um, because I do think that's our niche. That's a difference difference maker for us. And and he went to Ohio State and um, came back and said, you know, um, he was leaving about six figures on the table even with the increase that I gave him. But he just said, you know, I don't want to go to a place where – I got to make an appointment to see the athletic director in eight weeks instead of just dropping in his office and not really know my colleagues and and all that and and so that was big for us because I think sometimes the rest of the Big Ten looks at us as a farm system for them and there was a lot of com- comments saying Indiana will never be able to keep Tracy Smith well well we did and I think that sent a signal that we weren't we we were going to keep the people we wanted to keep as best as. Uh, we could, and we were going to compete in the Herman Wells tradition by maybe we won't be the most lucrative place you can be, but we're going to be a place where you can have security, have a balance in your life, uh, have some control over your situation by having access to decision makers, and, and, that, and that's what we're trying to build. And I think Tracy's decision was 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 the beginning of, of that going into play. Mm-hmm. All right. Again, our phone numbers are 855 877-285-9348. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. We have a phone call, and it's Suzanne in Bloomington. Suzanne? ...to put distance markers on the outfield fences at Kaufman Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I know that that was part of our programming, and, and I just noted... Thanks thanks for the message. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I noticed that those, those weren't up there still, so... Uh, they're coming, and all that reminds me to find out, you know, where they are. <laughs> we uh, the Center field looks like it's really far. <laughs> yeah, it it is it is far, um, and, that, and especially when you go from softball to baseball, by the nature of the of the sports, the fields of play are dramatically different. But we need to get those. We need to get those. Uh, I guess they're foot markers, feet markers, distance markers um, out there. The uh, the engineers and architects and general contractors love to use the phrase substantially complete. And so we, we moved in there on time, but it was only substantially complete. So we do have some, some things like that to add, and I appreciate your, uh, your noticing that, and, and uh, we'll, we'll follow up to get those up as soon as we can. I did see that the driveway has been blacktopped. Good. So that's that's one of those substantial. <laughs> exactly right. We're continuing to make uh, progress. We I think we were able to take the barriers down of the little flower beds and the prairie grass. And I really like the way um, Mia Williams and her staff have done a great job on on uh, on creating some nice landscaping around. And that'll only get better um, as uh, as as the construction guys get out of there and some of the uh, grass has a chance to take root and grow. It, it, if you like it now, it'll be better and better as the years go by. Thanks so much. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, Thanks, Suzanne. Suzanne. All right, 855-0811-877-285-9348. You can join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. Well, I just wondered, uh, so school's out. Um, several of the seasons are over, although um, we just mentioned baseball and I think softball are ongoing. But what occupies an AD's time at this time of year? 
Well, you know, it, it, there is a rhythm to the year, and so it, it does get a little calmer in the summer, but I, I think not as much as it did in years past because uh, increasingly our student-athletes stay on campus, they stay and train, so a lot of the issues uh, connected with them being around are, are still there. They're, a lot of them are taking classes, so we're still engaged in academic support and compliance issues and so forth and so on. We do take time to get out and around the state. We call it our tailgate tour. We go to nine cities around the, the state, and including Chicago or and Chicago, um, to uh, take coaches out and kind of connect with people uh, out on the road. And then I look at it as a time to sharpen my axe. I, I feel like I'm chopping wood so hard during the year, and then in the summer I can take a little break and say, okay, what do we really want to get accomplished? In fact, I, I just finished my um, um, uh, priority list, which is my things-to-do list. I have one for each semester and then the summer so that I don't spend all my time um, putting out fires and answering email and talking to whoever's at the door, but mm-hmm. but, but things that I really want to get done. And So it, it, it does fall into a little bit of a different rhythm, and we can step back and look at the big picture. We're always focusing on uh, you know, you know, personnel issues, budget, compliance, uh, academics, uh, and we've got a capital campaign coming up that I'm really, really excited about uh, in terms of some additional infrastructure that we'll do, raising some money. Um, I like being in campaign mode. I think it, uh, I think it, it sharpens you, um, and so your listeners will be hearing more about that in the coming months. So when you go out to, you mentioned you go to about nine Indiana mm-hmm. cities and, and meet with coaches there. What do you do? What, what happens? What are you trying to gain from that interaction? What do you bring to them? Yeah, well, we uh, we, 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 we try to uh, have our tried and true people there, varsity club members, season ticket holders, and so forth, but, but, but also bring in people that maybe aren't so connected with the university. And so if they know they're going to be able to hear Kevin Wilson speak or Tom Crean speak, you know, it's a big draw. We go down to uh, um, uh, Floyd's Knob in uh, southern Indiana and get about 900 people at Huber's Farm uh, there to hear Coach Crean and Coach Wilson, and it's just it's just un- unbelievable. We've had really great crowds around the state, so we're we're trying to uh, thank the people that have supported us. Maybe uh, identify a few more friends, uh, focusing on you know selling season football mm-hmm. tickets, um, and uh, and 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 just trying to trying to support um, the overall. Um, sort of image and mission of the athletic department by getting out where the people are and not always having them come to us. I think you had to fill your trunk with red and white pants. And <laughs> right. <hand them. laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be popular. Yeah. What, what is going on with the Big Ten at this point? I mean, um, that's a very general question, but there's been the expansion with Rutgers and Maryland. Uh, there's always seeming talk about when they might go to 16 teams to have two 18 divisions. Uh, just reorganized into Eastern and Western football divisions instead of the Legends and Leaders, which was always such a strange name in right. my view. Um, so, I mean, there are a lot of things on the table, but let's let's start, I guess, first with: Do you expect the, an expansion to 16 teams? Well. Uh, the short answer is I don't think there's anything like that, you know, in the works, on the table, all that. Jim Delaney has an interesting phrase, something like um, we're, we're not in an active mode or something like that, which I, I think is we're not affirmatively looking for that. But if a good situation would bring itself uh, up, I think we'd be open to evaluating that. Um, it does seem like 16 seems to be the sweet spot people are trying to head toward. Um, but I'd be I'd be surprised. I would not be surprised if we stayed at 14 for the foreseeable future. And I wouldn't be surprised if when I go up to Chicago this weekend for our uh, AD meetings, we find out that we're on the road to 16. I think it's just a very volatile, dynamic uh, environment. Um, I think it's more likely that we'll be at 14 for, for a while, given all the decisions we're making predicated on 14. But if, 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 if attractive partners expressed an interest in joining us, I think that would be a, a, a possibility as well. Now, so quickly before I go to a couple of phone calls, the, the uh, new divisional alignments for football had a lot of fans sort of wringing their hands because you know Indiana's in with a lot of big teams, uh, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan. Uh, and we've been split from Purdue, which seems to be in a division that maybe doesn't have quite the traditional powers in football. But both you and Kevin Wilson seem to be excited about the opportunity to play in that division. Explain that. Well, um, I, I think that's undeniably correct that, 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 that there's a disproportionate number of traditional powers in the East versus the West. 
Um, the the last time in the, the bygone days or almost bygone days of legends and leaders, there was an attempt to balance the divisions on a competitive basis, which I think was f- f- fairly successful in that regard. But confusion reigned, and I think that I know the view was let's 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 focus on geography. Um, both to make it simpler and because it inherently protects the rivalries that I think have made the Big Ten really kind of w- w- what it is. And if you draw a line straight down, uh, it's close, but we're in the east, Purdue's in the west. Um, the, uh, I, let's see, there's 14, so eight. There's eight eastern time zone teams and six western time zone teams. So one eastern time zone team needed to go west. That was That was Purdue. Um, and you know where we we are where we are geographically, and if you buy in theoretically to the value of geographic balance, which I do, um, then the chips kind of fall where they may. Uh, it is a little overwhelming to see those powers in your in your division, and I and I get that, but I'd also suggest that the Big Ten's so tough, there's really no place to hide. You know, you're you're going to play tough teams if you're in the Big Ten. They have a they have a way of going up and down. I mean, maybe not so much the Penn States, Ohio States, and Michigan's, but Michigan State's been up and down. You know, you you, you sort of don't know for sure. Um, and what we've chosen to do is 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 not sing the blues about it, but embrace it. And so when Kevin Wilson's in a living room in Ohio, he's going to tell that family, "Hey, do you want to come to a school where you know you're 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 not going to be playing Ohio State and Michigan?" Penn State year in and year out, or do you want to go to a place where you're going to be coming back to Columbus every other year, and you're going to be going to the big house every other year, and you're going to be playing at Penn State every other year, and um, and and embrace this uh, idea that we're kind of in the big boy division, playing the teams that our student-athletes want to play and our fans want to see play. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to the phones, and uh, our first caller, Stetanka, is that how do you pronounce it? Stepanka, yes. Okay. Hi, good, af- Hi. good afternoon. Uh-huh. Uh, my question is a little bit different. I am an academic advisor here at IU for the students. Um, it's, the organization is called Stop Sweat with an exclamation mark. And uh, we've been discussing um, the um, origins of Adidas shirts and Adidas equipment. And I'm wondering, especially in the light of the Bangladeshi catastrophe uh, in the closing um, plant, I'm wondering where, if there is a way, or you know, where the um, Adidas products are made and if it is um, done properly, you know, with if, if the workers who make them. I don't know whether they're made in the United States. I really honestly don't know whether they are made overseas and what the work conditions there are. Yeah, that's an excellent uh, question, and and we are engaged in, uh, in uh, monitoring those sorts of issues. I can't tell you that I know every detail, but there is a a group its name escapes me now which is 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 a as an organization of the workers worldwide um as i understand it who uh, who make uh, adidas uh uh gear and clothing we're in adidas uh, school and they are essentially the representatives for 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 those workers um and we in fact have a letter that uh that uh from that group that uh that Adidas has been doing the appropriate things in terms of, you know, worker safety and, and worker conditions and uh, so forth. So our, our approach has been to um, um, work with Adidas, and, and I, I wish I could remember the name of this of this group that represents the workers, uh, to make sure that uh, the, the conditions are, are safe and sanitary and, and, and appropriate, um, as opposed to saying, hey, we're going to pull the plug on, on being engaged uh, with these groups because appropriately, um, uh, appropriately performed, th- th- this can be positive economic development in these, in, these, in these different regions. So as best I know, Adidas is in good standing um, with its suppliers, but that's something that we continue to monitor. Thank you very much. Thank All you. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Sam next. Sam? Hi, on a lighter note, uh, with as many home football games as we have this year, do you have designs or ideas for themes for any of the uh, of the games to help draw attendance and stuff for the kids, aside from the whole park, of course? Uh, anything like that on the, in the works for this fall? Thank you. Great question, and you may have looked at my calendar this morning because I rushed over here uh, from a two-hour meeting on game day experience, and we're really going to uh, try to continue to 
raise the bar on 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 what we feel are, are is a pretty pretty great experience uh, in the in the in the stadium, and uh, we think the football team will certainly do its part to uh, to uh, to do what we're really there for is to watch great football and watch Indiana win. Um, but we're going to do some new things, I think, involving um, engagement of the band and and uh, maybe some new themes, as you as you suggest, some new traditions uh, that I think will be exciting, and, and we'll be rolling that out as as we get closer um, to uh, Memorial Stadium. But you know, when we when we started here with the new North End Zone, we we started creating some new game day experiences and traditions and so forth, and and our perception is we need another shot in the arm of that, and so we'll. We'll roll some things out that I think will be pretty well received by the fans. You had a couple that didn't work so well, and you, cha- you changed them immediately, which is a good thing. You know? Yeah, I, you know we don't have all the answers. Not everything's going to work, and I, I think we've had this conversation. But I think five athletic directors in eight years, there was a little bit of a culture of let's let's don't get in trouble, let's color inside the lines, let's not uh, poke our head out of the foxhole. And what we've tried to do now is you know be responsible about things, but say. Hey, if it's an act of commission and not omission, that's okay, and we'll cover you, and we'll we'll shift direction if we need to, and not be embarrassed to say, yeah, we tried that, didn't work so well, we're not going to do it anymore. <laughs> All right, thanks, Sam. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Sam. Okay, now uh, on football, um, I know this is Kevin Wilson's third year, correct? Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, on schedule, on target for building the program. Well, one of the things I've learned is um, there's just there's no there's no shortcuts. There's no there's no ways to short circuit going from as bad as you've been to as good as you want to be. And you'd like to think you can. You'd like to think, well, we're going to get such a great staff and we're going to have this metamorphosis and we're going to go right to being good in, in year one. It just doesn't happen. You know, I, I, uh, I've read a number of books about big transformations. You know, Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin, uh, Gary Barnett at uh, Northwestern, Hayden Fry. At Iowa, and and the perversely encouraging thing was, it was like they were writing about Kevin Wilson at Indiana, kind of across the board in terms of, you know, kids leaving the program. That it was just a different program for them, and the coach kind of standing up to the, to, to media criticism of of, uh, of 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 the status of the program and all that. So that was kind of that was kind of good for me to to see that just as a matter of um, perspective. Kevin to be the first one to say winning one game in year one wasn't what he was really looking for. And last year we won four and, and could have won you know quite a few more. But I think it showed that we were starting to turn around before we ran out of gas and sort of got uh, had the tough last three games. So you're standing by your man. I'm, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I, I think Kevin Wilson is exactly what we needed. He's a football guy. Um, he's, he's, he's a smart guy, but he's a tough guy. Been tired of Indiana getting sand kicked in its face uh, in football in the Big Ten. We needed somebody that would come in here and go toe to toe with those guys, and and I think I think he has in recruiting. I think he has in the way um, he promotes the program. Um, these kids are fabulous. We've um, th- this is an amazing statistic. We have five four star recruits. Only three schools in the Big Ten have more than that in football. Um, when you look at the list of the schools we beat out for these kids, it's incredible. It's Arizona, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, everybody in the Big Ten. If you look at that list a few years ago, it was going to be a lot more of Toledo's, Eastern Michigan's, and Akron's, and that's that's not how you get to where you want to be. So I think Kevin is, is just what we needed. Um, his staff is spectacular. We've made investments in the staff, for one, in, in strength and conditioning coaches and a variety of other things, infrastructure. Um, so I think the the the, um, the table is set to really start going where we want to go. But to, to get to your point, Bob, you know, we would want to – on schedule, you know, I wish we'd had some more wins the last two years. I think our fans do too. But I think we're getting some patience because people see Kevin building it the right way. Um, um, and I, I do think the, the next couple of years we'll continue to see a lot of improvement with the program. And I don't think there's any reason why year in and year out, you know, we can't be – Right there as a as a bowl eligible and and a, a contender in the Big Ten. I heard I, I went to the spring game and I, I heard you know I've heard some people talk, uh, including my writers, about how Kevin actually seemed like kind of a different guy this spring. Uh, that he was uh, more at ease in a lot of ways. Uh, there's a video I saw online <laughs> of him you know dancing with his players and things. I mean, is that is that uh, a reality that perhaps he's loosened up? 
Yeah, I think it absolutely is. Um, you know, one of the one of the challenges I had in, in hiring a coach was, do, do you get somebody who has been a head coach? I went in with a bias that I wanted somebody who'd been a head coach before, because um, I didn't want to have somebody have that on top of everything else to learn about, you know, being the CEO and, and the leader. Um, but I also wanted somebody who'd been on the big stage, who had been there, done that, who had played in Orange Bowls, who had done all, all that kind of stuff. And what I realized was I can't have both. Um, because the guys who had been there on a head coach level are just at a place where they're not going to, you know, come, uh, you know, to Indiana. So we either get a, a sitting head coach from a from a lower scale program, if you will, or a, a coordinator from a been there, done that program. I chose a been there, done that uh, person. I think that was the right choice. I'm glad we chose that. But you 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 inherently buy a, few, a little more uh, uh, learning curves early on. Somebody told me when I was hiring a basketball coach that uh, that uh, Fred, you got to understand that's the longest sixteen inches in sports, going from sitting next to the coach to being the coach. <laughs> and and so I, I do think there was a lot of uh, you know kind of learning on the job and a lot of you know uh, pressure with that and all that. And I think now that Kevin has you know his support structure. In place, the all the assistants, more of his own kids that he recruited. We're seeing who he really is because he is the guy who will be tough as nails, but walk out with um, you know fl- uh, uh, swimming flippers on and a and a and a water mask and a and a and a dragon blow up around his belly, you know, sending the kids off to um, um, spring break and then making snow angels and stuff. I mean, he's he's a he's a smart guy, he's a tough guy, but he's a fun guy, and the trust level. Between Kevin and the and the student athletes and back has been something that's really terrific to see and and that's built on being genuine and uh, you, you can't you can't fool these kids they they they, they know uh, you know the real McCoy when they see it and I think they see that in Kevin. Okay, we're out of time. Oh, sorry. No, no. <laughs> don't be sorry. I'm sorry. We're out of time. Too, but, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Fred Glass, thanks for being here with us. Absolutely love appreciate it. Come visit Mary Catherine. Thanks. Good to see you. Thanks, Bob. All right for. Uh, our producers, Gretchen Frazee and Emily Wright, who both were out today. So John Bailey and Stan Jastrzewski took their places. And engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net.